This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Zaka, and uh, I wanted to bring him up as well, and we're going to get to who's up and who's down later on. But I do want to give him and Coyle and JVR a shout-out because they all factored in last night uh, in the game on the score sheet. <clears throat> Zaka ties the game one-to-one. Coyle gives the Bruins a lead late on an assist from JVR. And there's – there's been a lot of talk going into the off se- or into the regular season from the off season about, okay, we think Zaka can, can produce like a top six centerman because we saw him produce 57 points last year, though he was on the wing for most of it, but with an elevated role with Pasternak all year, you know, can he, we think he's capable of being a top six producer. Coy, we weren't so sure about and JVR. We weren't sh- so sure about anymore, but through the first, um, you know, 17 games this year, uh, they're all flirting with a point per game, just a little bit under a point per game. I think Coils are on pace for like 75 points or, or like maybe like seven, maybe like 73 or four points. And Zaka's on pace for around 70. JBR is on pace for between 65 and 70. Um, and again, like they all, they all chip in last night again. And so they're not, going to be who's up for me later on but I did want to mention them and the importance of those three players producing uh it it it, it can't be understated like they're all on well I don't know about JVR in particular but for Zaka and Coyle they're on pace for career highs and, and, and Coyle in particular like he's did anybody anticipate him being just under a point per game pace at Thanksgiving I don't think so I think pe- most people would say probably not they, they would doubt it so J- Scott just your uh, opinion on their games for the first month month and a half of the season so far yeah it, it's been huge um you know even early on this season it you know coil started the year on a line with martian and debrusque and you think hey that's a good spot and they didn't really click right away they weren't putting up points and you know coil kind of quickly gets dropped down to you know quote unquote third line or whatever um now he is producing like like not just like a second line center but like a really good one and you know we've talked about it like JVR Coil Frederick doesn't seem like a second line when you like when you look at it on paper like you think that'd be a really good third line but right now they are producing like a second line like and you know you just keep riding that for as long as it lasts and obviously they you know, most nights they're playing a really 
good style of hockey, really effective. Like they're possessing the puck. They get in on the four check. They're good around the net. Like they can all protect the puck. So you like the style they play. They're all pretty responsible defensively. Um, last night I actually thought was one of the quieter games we've seen from them for most of the night. But then in crunch time, when it matters, they step up with that goal, which is just like, you know, it's sort of exactly what you want to see. It's, you know, Van Riemsdyk and Frederick in on the four check. Frederick helps free up the puck. And JVR, you know, I think Brick Kiley that's on the broadcast, it's like he knew exactly what he was doing before the puck even got to him because he saw Coyle coming. And, and Coyle just buries it with a with great finish under the bar. Um, you know, so, yeah, like they find a way to – to impact the game and put the Bruins in a position to get a win, um, even on a night where they were kind of relatively held in check. And obviously, you know, doesn't end up getting them the win. They do get the point. You know, they still got got to overtime. But, uh, yeah, that line in particular and and, the, and with Zaka, I thought that line was dominant last night, Marsha and Zaka Pasternak. Like, they had, they had a really good game. I think they've had – Several really good ones in a row. I think it's four straight games that that line scored at least one goal. Um, they were creating chances all night. And, uh, you know, again, you saw saw them step up in the third period. The Pasternak scores uh, the tying goal to make it 2-1. So, you know, they had a, a goal before that back in the first period. Um, you know, Zaka scoring. So they get on the board twice. Monday night and are, you know, really playing like a true top line now, which if you're, if you're going to load up your top line with Marcian and Pasternak, they, they have to, yes, you're still going to need depth scoring behind them, but that has to be like a legitimate top line. And, and they're looking like it right now. So what do you feel like this team offensively needs? Uh, let, let's, let's, just jump ahead a couple of months, right? Let's say, cause I, cause I like, I like the look of these lines. I like Marshan and Pasternak together because I think this team, this team needs it. Like you, you, you don't have, you don't have Taylor Hall on your third line this year, right? You, you don't have Bergeron, Krejci, Coyle up the middle. Like you just, you don't have the high end depth. Tyler Bertuzzi floating around. Like you don't have the high end depth you did last year where you could split up you know, Marshan and Pashnak and all these guys and put them on different lines and Taylor Hall. You kind of, this, this team, while there's, they are scoring at a, at a very, very acceptable pace, Scott. Uh, are, are they, are they top 10 in, in offense yet? Do we know? Or we know the top half of the league, but. Um, they, they might be, I'm going to take a look, but I, I think they might've climbed that high. So while you confirm that, like I, my, they are scoring. Like scoring is not an issue for this team. Are they scoring as much as last year? No, but last year was a ridiculous pace. They're scoring enough and at a very good rate, but they do. I think to do that, I think they do need Marshan and Pashnak together, and and that that JVR Coil Frederick line's been great. So let's just say Scott that those two lines I just mentioned they stick together. Do you, well, first question, do you like those lines in place for this team long-term, especially if DeBrusque and Patra can can find something 
and, and get and get scoring, which we all think that they will, obviously. So let's say this is the forward grouping and it's like a few months from now. Like, do you, do you just want to add a, a potential middle six, top six winger? Like, what do you think this team needs? Because they're 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 tops in the league. We expect them to be in the playoffs fully and to contend because when you when you finish as a top top five team in the NHL, which they kind of obviously project to do, you should be a contender. So are you content with this forward grouping or when we get when we get to the trade deadline, you think the Bruins are going to just try to add some middle six uh, muscle or something? And by muscle, I mean scoring punch. Yeah, I'm 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 fine with the group for now. Uh, I I do like that top line. I like the way JVR Coyle Frederick plays together. Um, I had liked the way Heinen Potra DeBrusque was playing, even though they weren't scoring a lot. I did think they were pretty quiet Monday night. You know, a couple decent shifts, but um, you know, one one of their quieter games overall, and we saw. Patra kind of ended up demoted to the fourth line and didn't get a lot of shifts in the third period. And Johnny Beecher actually bumped up and got, got more shifts with that high end debrusque line, which I think is, I think was partly because Beecher played great. That, that might've been his, you know, the late high sticking penalty aside might've been his best game yet. Uh, he scored, you know, big goal in the third period. Um, and part of it was also, I think if you're shortening the bench, they trust Beecher more to try to hold on to a third period lead than Patra uh, at, you know, at this point in their careers. Again, I ironic because it ends up for all the good work he had done before that ends up being Beecher who, you know, takes a pretty costly penalty late that helps Tampa build momentum eventually leading up to, to the tying goal. Um but yeah, long, long, by the way, they are up to 11th in scoring, 3.47 goals per game. And they're, they're right behind, like within percentage points of Tampa Bay, Dallas, and Toronto. So it's like, yeah, if, you're, if that's where you're going to be offensively, like that's, that's, that's good enough if you're the best defensive team in the league. Um, longer term, it, it does still feel like they're going to need another difference maker somewhere, um, just someone who can you know, go out and make something happen like in a, you know, in a third period or with some individual creativity, but it's not a pressing need right now. Like, like you said, like they've, they've picked it up offensively over the last couple of weeks. So, um, you know, I think you're, you're, you're just fine for now that they're getting their defensemen more involved. So yeah, let, let things play out that, you know, Patra DeBrusque combo in particular, whether it's Heinen with them or, you know, Morgan Geeky could be coming back relatively soon, you know, within the next week or two. Like, I still want to see, I still want to see, give those two longer run and see if they can build something and put up some points, but it ha- it hasn't happened yet. And I do think there's, the longer it goes on, like the more frustration kind of, builds you know you see Montgomery you know sort of demote Potter in this game and he's he said you know DeBrusque is doing the right things in spurts but not consistently enough so it's hard the longer this drags on for them the the harder it is for them to like stay focused on just doing the right things 
because DeBrusque considers himself a scorer. Patra has scored at every level he's been at. And they're not used to going through a stretch where I think each one of them has like one point in the last five or six games. Like they're they're not used to that. So naturally some frustration is gonna is gonna be creeping in for them. Yeah. And we'll we'll circle back on them in a few minutes too. Like, let me ask you this, Scott. If you're the Bruins management and your GMs around the league, are you looking at the Bruins and are the Bruins looking at themselves in the mirror? Saying to themselves, the numbers we said earlier, well, we got Coyle and we got Zaka as our top two centermen, and they're both, you know, projected just shy a point per game this year, if that were, if that trajectory were to continue. But do you think the Bruins and the rest of the NHL are still looking at Boston and being like, okay, that's great, but like, we slash, like, they still, like, they, they need another, like, they need another top, top end center. Like, cause the numbers, if you're trying to play money ball, right? Like Coyle and Zaka, they're, they're, they're doing exactly like what you'd hope they do. If not more, the numbers are there, but is that an, is that enough? Like, like does this team and again, the market dictates a lot what's available, what can be had if you can even add a, a top, a top two center, but like, I I don't know. It, it, it's like rationally, you sit there and say, Coyle and Zaka aren't a number one and number two center on a Stanley Cup champion, but like the numbers say they they could be if the rest of the team is 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 well rounded like Boston is. Um, so like, what what where does your mind lean on in this? Like, do you feel like it's a little too good to be true? Do you feel like it's a little smoke and mirrors, or like? Yeah, the numbers are good, but it's it's still just doesn't like that the teams don't win with with without at least an elite number one and number two centerman. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Right. Like that, that's the thing. It's like, it is, you know, if you look through Stanley Cup winners, most of them have an elite number one center. Like Vegas has Jack Eichel, Colorado, Nathan McKinnon, Tampa with their back to back wins has Braden Point and Steven Stamkos. Um, Washington has, you know, Nicholas Backstrom in his prime. Uh, Penguins, obviously, have Crosby and Malkin. Like, Taves, Kopitar, Blackhawks, Bergeron. Taves. Yeah, ex- exactly. And Krejci. Right. Like, oddly enough, like, the Bruins might be the team in there where you're like, you know, you're going back to 2011, and it's like where Krejci and Bergeron were obviously both very, very good, but, like, were they truly elite? You know, regular season stats-wise – you wouldn't say so offensively, but obviously Krejci stepped up in the playoffs and led everyone in postseason scoring. So, you know, like they, they, they at least have to have that ability to like step up and produce at a high rate in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I, I do think like Zaka could do that, right. Especially if he's playing between Martian and Pasta. Now it's like, you could see him getting hot and putting up a bunch of points in the playoffs, but 
you're you're projecting a little there like it's not a sure thing um you know coil has had some good moments in the playoffs but again like you you would never really confuse him as like a big time playoff performer offensively so like that would that would be something new if that happens for him this year so um yeah i do think like there's going to be those questions until or unless they do it because mo- the, just the fact is most Stanley Cup winners have an elite number one center and it remains to be seen whether the Bruins have that. You know, right now, kind of no matter how high you are on Zach, you'd probably say they don't have that right now. So they would, ha- they would have to do it, you know, a little differently. Yeah, I mean, again, they're, they're being asked to play in an elevated role more elevated than they've ever been asked to play in their careers. Although Charlie Coyle was tasked with second line center at the beginning of um, a couple of seasons ago, and then Eric Halla ended up taking that spot, but um, they're, they're being asked to play elevated roles and to their credit, they're delivering, but on paper, and you can be as much of a tummy sticks Bruins fan as you want and sit there and point out the stats and say, well, they have number one and number two center stats right now, and I'm not saying they don't. But if you look at the roster on paper, you can't help but think both players respectfully, like, you know, they, they should be one slot behind where they're playing, right? Like Pavel Zaka, to me, if he's playing the way he's played so far this year and the way he played last year with Krejci and Pasternak, even though he's on the wing, like, he would be – an a perfect number two center on a Stanley cup champion. And Charlie Coyle, we've been saying for years, would be the perfect number three center on a Stanley cup champion. And that, you know, that's where Coyle has been for Boston since he's been here and, and they haven't been able to get the job done, but it's not because of Coyle, I would say, obviously. Um, and it's like, if you could just get that one guy to put ahead of him. Now we know that guy's probably not out there. And, 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 you know, this, it, it kind of makes this not this conversation maybe a little bit moot, but, um, that's just the feeling that I have looking at this team is like, man, if, if, if Zaka was a number two center and Coyle's number three center. And I mean, and it's, it's, it's annoying. Cause like, that's the depth that they had last year and they, and they ruined it. Um, so it's what, what we learned last year is ideal rosters on paper don't mean anything necessarily come playoff time, but it does feel like if this team wants to win a Stanley cup, they, they, they do seem like they're a top two center and in particular, maybe a true number one center short. Um, but and but maybe Zaka turns into that guy. I don't know. It's just like, like you said, until you see it, you can't help but feel like that's what's lacking uh, to win a cup. To be where they are right now is amazing. They've played amazing, and they might play amazing the rest of the season. Um, it just, it's just, it's tough to visualize them winning 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 the Stanley Cup with this current I don't know depth or lack thereof up front but again the rest of the team is so strong it's maybe they could do a 2011 situation where Bergeron was still coming back from his concussion and wasn't offensively where he was later in his career well he was great offensively earlier in his career then a concussion set him back a few years with offense and then Krejci was still young in the league so maybe they could do something like the 2011 Bruins where they didn't have the best number one center in the league and just one on team identity and, t- and team completeness. 
we'll have to see Scott. Well, and, and goaltending and defense, and you know, specifically, which it's very much how this team will have to win, you know, come playoffs. Um, you know, I would also say like, I think Patra is an important part of this discussion too. Not, not that I expect him at 19 years old to elevate to, you know, a number one, like a legit number one center. But if he's playing and producing like a strong third line center, you know, one way to combat maybe the the lack of like the true high end center is just have three or four really good lines that, you know, if you feel like you can roll out your top three lines against any top three line on another team, you're going to be in good shape. Like if you can win matchups by depth and not have, you know, a line in there that you have to protect or try to keep away from certain matchups or whatever, like you, you, you'll be in good shape. So you can do it that way too. And that's where like Patra stepping up, you know, getting back to sort of the player we saw more earlier in the season and building off that can be really important for this team because Patra at that level is a real asset up the middle that gives you, okay, maybe not, you know, an elite number one center, but now you have three really good centers on your top three lines who are all producing at a pretty good rate. You have a fourth line you like that can handle defensive assignments. But if Padre is going to be quiet, like he has been for this last little stretch, and if Montgomery is not going to trust him in the third period of a one goal game, like he clearly did into Monday night, well, now you don't really have that depth. Now you have a, a third line that's not really an asset, but a you know a line that you're trying to protect and hide from certain matchups, and like that becomes really tough. We all know the importance of a third line in the playoffs, so you can counteract not having that true, you know, top ten center in the league if you have you know three really good lines, three really good centers that, that you feel good about. Yeah. And, and maybe you mentioned earlier, you said, I think they, I think they eventually might need a difference maker or a game changer or a game breaker up front. And maybe that comes in the form of a winger, right? Like maybe, maybe if they have three, centers, maybe it's Jake DeBrusque. Who knows? <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe it's Fabian Lysel. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, maybe what you just need out of your sentiment is just to play responsible two-way hockey i mean maybe like maybe you don't need a a 90 point number one sentiment as we talked about like the bruins didn't have that in 2011 maybe you just need responsible two-way players up the middle and that can score obviously but you just yeah you just have depth and balance i mean one thing i've definitely learned from last year and you know i i, I knew about it going into the playoffs last year i was aware of it but i was like uh, this team's too good to, to to falter in the first round. But again, having a dream team on paper doesn't necessarily equate to postseason success. I mean, the Bruins had everything on paper last year, and they literally like they 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 fell like a like an underwhelming eighth seed roster in the first round. Like their season was just as long, right? So, um, yeah, I think that if you just have strong goaltending and, and, and defense. And, and that's what you're predicated on. And then 
everything else comes and falls into place. Like, you know, you also don't want to mess with chemistry. Say, say, say there is a top two center out there that you want to bring into your team, but all season Zaka has been gelling with Pashnak and Marshan and, and uh, Coyle has been gelling with JVR and, and Frederick or whatever. It's like those, the, and then those combinations change for one reason or another, like, because you bring in somebody, maybe the lesson to be learned is like, if you, if you've gotten to a certain place with the roster that you have, maybe, maybe trust it. Maybe don't, don't blow it up to try to bring in uh, an A plus roster. Maybe just try to complement it and see where this group brings you. Like maybe there's a lesson to be learned there. And in today's day and age with the salary cap, the hard cap, like there's, there are no perfect rosters out there. Again, last year's Bruins one was, was pretty perfect. It looked like on paper because they were able to uh, manipulate the, the salary cap with, with the IR situations and whatnot. Um, but you know, for teams that have, maybe the Bruins don't have an elite number one center, but maybe teams that have an elite number one center don't have, you know, uh, a 60 plus goal score on the wing or don't have a depth on the third line because they just can't allocate the cash everywhere. So, um, there's a give and a take and, and yeah, I guess to summarize, maybe the lessons learned from last year are just don't put so much stock in like the perfect roster and if, and, uh, and don't try to uproot the chemistry that's gotten you to where they are so far. Yeah. That they also, you know, might not have a McAvoy Lindholm and even Carlo that they're building their defense around. And, you know, we know Lindholm got off to a slow start this year, but he's, he's picked it up over the last week plus they might be a team that's gone cheap at goalie and is just hoping someone gets hot, which can happen, but also for a lot of teams doesn't happen. So, um, yeah, it's the Bruins have advantages in other places, um, at, at least in the regular season. Obviously, last year, those advantages did not carry over to the first round. 